This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Comic books, comic time Writers and artists are on the line They make a splash as a comic's read And take us on a trip behind the spread Watch out for comic book commentary Spinning on winning inside Fix how they got a hot idea Narrative character, visual tricks And onomatopoeia Uh-huh It's comic book commentary Hello, everybody. This is Jeffrey Bridges. I am the co-writer, co-creator of the comic book Kill Switch, being released from Action Lab Danger Zone. And I'm here with my co-creator and co-writer. Susan Bridges, hello. And we are here today to take you through issue one of Kill Switch. It's a, a well, hopefully you've read it or you're... It'd be odd about reading it. to listen to this without reading it, but it's a, a cyberpunk sci-fi action story. Although, if you want to listen to this and not read it, I mean, who are we to judge? It's that's, fine. That's entirely up if to you. If you want to do that, that's okay. This issue had two covers. I'm not sure which one you, you have. We have our uh, cover from the main cover artist, Natasha Alterici, and a alternate cover alternate, yeah. by Sozo Micah. Yes. And, uh, but Natasha Alterici is doing the main covers for the four-issue miniseries. And interior art is by Walter Giovanni with colors by Brittany Peer and uh, letters by Simon Boland for issues one and two and Ed Dukeshire for issues three and four. Right. And um, well, actually, there's a third cover if you count the San Diego exclusive, which you may have, which was sold uh, during San Diego Comic-Con. But that will also be the cover on the trade paperback version out next year. Yes. Spoiler. Okay. So shall we get on with issue one? Sure. Let's move on. Okay. So an interesting thing that I will point out here is that the the caption boxes are just plain white. And that was something that Simon Boland did on his own. That was his decision with the lettering. And I really dug it because the book, uh, as you can see, just from this first page alone, really pops in color. Brittany did a really vibrant, eye-popping color job, which is what we wanted because it is a cyberpunk book and yeah. color and visuals are very important. But I really like the way that Simon chose to leave those white so that they stood out more. Mm-hmm. Because if you put a different color background behind them, like you see with some caption boxes or a different color border, they would blend into the art more. Yeah, we definitely talked about it after getting the first lettering pass, just to be like, does this work? Should we change it? Probably not. So, yeah, I think it stands out well. And there's a whole different, like, there's all different color palettes as you go through it. So it's not like we could be like, let's just pick this one color. Like, we felt like that really wouldn't work. Right. Yeah. And in the middle panel, um, that bit where Marcella's looking at her armor, we had to add that her armor talks a little bit. Yeah. Because we weren't sure that it was entirely clear what the 100% was for. Yeah. And 
And when you have, you know, fancy armor with, you know, button pads or, Mm -hmm. you know, technology type stuff, you're like, that's a really small space when you're on the screen. So it's like, okay, we were thinking of having words on it, but it was right. it was a bit too much. It was it would have, it would have been too small on her arm there. You wouldn't have right. seen it. So it has a little computery voice now. And that is also the first panel where you can see her little uh, rank pin that she is a major there, the little uh, golden starburst, which is a a story point that you will see again later. Yeah. And uh, this is her talking with Raymond, who is sort of. Uh, did we give him a rank? Gosh, I can't even remember now. I don't know if we did. He's much lower rank than she is, and he's sort of there to sort of attend to her needs on the trip out to the comet that they're going to. Right, and uh, you can also see in the details that his armor's kind of a bit worse for wear, but Marcella's armor looks pretty nice. Actually, if you look at panel four, you can see uh, this was something we asked Walter to do, but that all the other armor is kind of cracked. It's old. It's a little faded in color that Brittany did too. And Marcella's is pristine and much darker than the others, as if it hasn't really been used very much. Right. And in the last panel there, this is a, a sort of story point you will find more about later. That's not like a error that's missing a background or whatever. That's intentional. So then on page two, you get your first shot of the exterior of the ship and the comet with the city inside the dome. Right. So this is where they're going. That big middle panel with the city and the comet, I remember the first time uh, Walter drew it, it was a solid black dome. And we had written it that way. And then we were like, it's not really clear what that is. What that is. So we mm-hmm. asked him to alter it and put little bits of the, the buildings inside. So you can kind of see the expansive city inside underneath the dome in there. And in the bottom panel, you can see there's these sort of floating cameras hovering around Marcella because she is on the first page, as you might have seen the, the posters in the background, we should have mentioned the, the sort of propaganda posters with her there sort of encouraging people to turn in augers, which you will learn about very shortly. And so she's uh, something of a celebrity. Very well-known and famous, and so her visiting this comet is a pretty big deal. Right. Kind of like a PR thing, too. So then we get to page three, and you get your first shot of the augers inside of their compound in this sort of city that's a cacophony of light and just chaos everywhere. Right. And you can see that there's, like, tons of screens all over the place. There's a lot of light. There's displays everywhere, and... But it, it's kind of supposed to be like a bombardment of visual imagery. Right. and But as you'll notice, they don't give the augers much opportunity for self-expression. They're all wearing the same bland jumpsuits. You notice the, the room that they live in is very plain. It's very basic. They don't have any kind of like comforts. And one thing that I really liked that Brittany did here is the way the lights sort of bleed through the windows. And you can see it reflecting off of their clothing uh, through all the panels. And in the even in uh, panel three down on the bottom where you can see the different way it plays on the wall behind the characters. Just gives this really great feel of how bombarded they are by everything all hours of the day. Yep. And as you get to the bottom, you can see that Marcella is on the screen again and that she's a hero. You also get a little bit here about the personalities of, of the characters. Just a little bit of an intro, but you can see that Spike is, is somewhat rough around the edges. Yeah, and you also get the feeling that these people have been together a long time and know each other well. Right, and, and Fluffy's kind of nervous, and so she talks a lot when she's nervous, so you see her speech bubble is really big. Yep. And then you get to page four, which is a shot of the screens in the city that Marcella was on, which is sort of our brief little intro to what augurs are in the society that they live in and how it treats them. 
Right, kind of like set up like a news report. And this was one of the things that sort of spurred the entire project along was this idea that if there were people who could have knowledge of future events, what would our society do to them? What would they treat them? If, if psychics were real, absolutely real, and mm -hmm. then you wouldn't find them in little shops or whatever along the side of the road, the government would have rounded them up and be using them for things. And right. so that we sort of extrapolated that out and that's what this society has sort of become. And Marcella, uh, you know, believes in it so hardcore, she turned in her own brother. You got to be pretty gung-ho about an idea to do something yeah. like that. So she's probably a little conflicted about it. Okay, so then on page five, you get your first glimpse that Spike and Pepper have a sort of special platonic relationship. They are very close with each other. And this is where I find that they're on their way to what becomes their first council session. I really like the way Walter did their expressions in panel three, that this is something they go through daily, and yet it still horrifies them. It's not an easy thing for them to deal with. I mean, as you could also see from the um, couple pages back, Pepper was really worried about it. Fluffy's really worried about it. They have to go every day, and they still don't want to because it's so right. boring. And in that third panel, we initially had all five of the augers written in there, but... Walter was having trouble fitting them all in, and he thought it would be better to focus on those four there, but to get Rex off by himself in panel four, which he wasn't initially in. We just had the guard popping into the door, right. and I really liked that change. It sort of offset him a little bit from them, which is good because of what happens in this episode. He is a little bit separated from them, and I thought that was a very nice touch. Right, and, and also it emphasizes that they look up to him, like that he is seen as kind of their leader. Which you can see in the last panel on the page when they're leaving and he's trying to, you know, reassure them that they're going to make it through even though it's horrible. So page six, you get your first image of Marcella walking through the city and we wanted this to be a really big panel and in fact we've used this a lot of times because it came out really great. This is one of the reasons we wanted to do this project with Walter because if you look at the detail he put into that background, it just blows my mind. Yes. <laughs> And uh, there's a lot of different colors and, you know, we really wanted that cyberpunk kind of feel. And then also having the little cameras kind of fluttering around her. That, those were all important details, but also having like an audience where like people really look up to her. One thing I really like too, in addition to, again, the, the sort of visual cacophony of the lights is the, the way the reflections are in the ground from the light on the wet of the ground. It's, mm -hmm. We got a really amazing art team on this book, so we're going to gush a lot. Sorry. <laughs> right. And then the colors on top of it, reflecting off of her uniform, they just look really great. That's one of the great things about hiring different people who are really good at different aspects of things because they do things that you never would have thought of. Like the, as you look in the rest of the panels down the bottom of the page, the different color reflections on Marcella's face and her armor and the little line on her nose and her lips and that near bottom panel, it's just things like if I were trying to color, it's not a thing I would have ever thought to do. You know, I mean, it takes a lot of knowledge and experience and practice. And so yep. it's this is why we hire professionals. Really glad we got great people to work with. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So moving on to page seven, 
There's some sort of cryptic hints from Rex here that they've got some kind of a plan for something. There's a reason that you're seeing this today, perhaps, rather than seeing them a week ago, going through this before Marcella arrived or what have you. And I think this is the first spot where you can kind of see that uh, Angel, who's much older than all of the others, is sort of resigned to their fate. Right. And getting the idea that he's just pretty much, this is how things are, and he doesn't think anyone should speak out against it, I guess you could say. Or that there's no chance that anything will ever be different. It's right. perhaps all he's ever known. He's R- right. So it's like hopeless. And and in the bottom panel, I really love the the elevation of the door and the steps leading up to it because it makes it seem a lot more ominous. The council chamber up there just sort of looming over them as they walk toward it. And now we're on page eight and here's the scary council chamber. (laughs) This was one of the first things we had Walter design. He did two sort of concept sketches, one for the city itself and then this room. And we really loved how creepy it came out looking. Right. It's like very technological yet very kind of sterile and... I mean, creepy human-shaped holes. Right. (laughs) And the medical coat-looking kind of person. (laughs) I mean, I know we went through a lot of different iterations of his costuming and tried to figure out what we liked. And And all of the the character designs we should mention were done by Walter. That's all his great doing. And actually, one of the things I wanted to mention on the last page was that was the first time you got a really good shot of the names of the augers that are sort of uh, stamped or printed on their jumpsuits and that they all have sort of pet names, nicknames, and that is another story point that comes up later. So there is a reason that they have such odd-sounding names like that and it doesn't look like... I mean, I don't know anybody who's really named Fluffy. Right. You know, so you will learn more about that as things go on. And the coloring in here was all Brittany's choice, the green and the blue, which I really liked because it mostly because of how much it contrasts with what happens to the lighting in the room once the apparatus is activated. And at the bottom of the page, it's clear that they're kind of prisoners during the whole, well, you don't know what it is yet, but yes. So then page nine is when Marcella finally arrives at the council chamber just in time for their session. And you can uh, see, I mean, she's got a really harsh line there that you're not people, you're augers. Right. So she and society have been conditioned to not even really see the humanity in them anymore. So even though Rex is talking to them, they're immediately discounting anything he says. Right. They're like a resource. They're not people. They're there for their contributions and that's it. I think you also get the feeling that it's a little unusual that Rex is actually talking to them, that they're kind of like, stop talking. (laughs) Like, this isn't something that happens often. Well, then that also, I think you may find kind of plays into what they may have possibly been cryptically hinting at on the previous pages. Right. He has a a sort of plan. So that brings us to page 10, which is when the apparatus is activated. And that's one of my favorite pages. And it's because of the things that our collaborators did with it. The middle panels, panels of what that's three, four, five, and six that are photo negative. That was all Brittany's doing. We didn't write that into the script. We didn't suggest that, but that was her idea of a way to show how intense it is what they're going through. And I Mm -hmm. really, really dug it. It was a really smart decision. And then the lettering at the top that 
but then something happens, like right. just kind of stuck there. Well, it's the only caption that appears without a box, and it's the only one that appears in white text with a black background, which is sort of photo negative. Just to kind of set it apart. Just like the panels below it, and that was all Simon's doing, and that is like the turning point of the story and the script is right there. And the offset it that way, it was just such a genius decision. And that's a thing I think a lot of people don't realize about letterers or colorers or even is the way that they can shape and impact the story like that. And they're they're all artists. Lettering is an art. Coloring is an art. And these people should be given all due credit for their amazing work because this is amazing. And th- that was all them. And seeing Marcella like in the outline, her reaction next to Jackson, it's all very impactful there. You can even tell uh, from her pose, which is a great thing that Walter did, how shocked and she sort of rocked back on her heels. And yeah. that's another great thing that Walter does in addition to expressions, facial expressions and his like great background details that he's really good at posture and poses and conveying things through body motion or mm-hmm. things like that. And it's really, really cool. And then we've got Marcella trying to, like, put a stop to this a little bit. Like, this is like a first little soft pedal kind of thing for her. That takes us to our first mostly splash page, which is page 11, where Marcella is finally actually calling for them to stop the procedure. And Jackson is somewhat fanatical in his beliefs and will not listen to her. Right, like, he's heard the thing that Rex said and he's kind of lost his mind a little bit and wants more information. This was Brittany's decision here to change the color on the floor at this moment. Right. Which is the contrast that I was talking about from before. And now initially, in her first pass at this first big panel, the floor was red. And it was very intense, which was great, except if you've read the comic, you know that the red that pops up later towards the end is a very important point in the story when all the lights switch to red. Right. She wanted to preserve that for that moment at the end, and so that it was her decision to switch it to an orange here to save the red for when things got really, really dire at the end. Mm. Which is also, again, this brilliant thought that these people put into the you know their work and what they're doing that I would have never thought of, and it's really great. And that bottom panel with Rex is incredibly intense. Yeah. Again, photo negative was was uh, Brittany Pierce doing, and then the screams with the red outline was Simon, and that the way it ties into what's happening with Rex is just this stuff is so cool, and I, this is that's not stuff we scripted. Again, it's just what your really talented collaborators can bring to something. So then, on page twelve, we have the momentous moment when uh, Marcella makes her decision. And you see where the title of the book came from. Right. This is sort of what the entire story revolves around, is this moment when Marcella makes the choice to shut the machine down, to try to save Rex, and it sort of changes her entire worldview, and it's what kicks off the rest of the story, and where do things go from here? What happens when you do something that goes against something you've worked on your entire life and been a spokesperson for? Right, and it's very complicated, too, because... I mean, even though she hits the button, it she fails. I mean, so she can't help but feel, like, somewhat responsible for this. And so that complicates things for her even more. And in panel five, you can see another instance where we went through after the art and we saw how much, again, would fit on her armor screen that we had to have the little yeah. computery voice from her armor to get you a little bit more information than we could fit on there. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound really weird, but one of my favorite panels... In the entire book is panel six on this page in the bottom left with Marcella pulling her glove off. 
And it's because of how amazingly realistic that looks. Mm-hmm. If Like, how do you do that, Walter? I don't understand. <laughs> and if you had told me that a picture of someone just pulling a glove off, a close-up of it in a book would be one of my favorite panels, I would be like, what are you talking about? But it looks so great. And then the way Brittany colored it and the the with the curves of the fabric in Marcella's mm-hmm. hand, it's just, it, it's crazy that a panel that is that simple can look that beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it may also be somewhat metaphoric that the first time you, you see Marcella make this decision and change who she was, some of her armor's coming off. So there's, oh, look at that. We did a thing. <laughs> wow, we could talk about the things we did, right? Sure. Yep, that's why we're here. Page 13, we are back in the auger compound, and you can see the colors, which is something that I think I'm only kind of noticing for the first time now, are a bit more muted here when you're seeing them through the windows. And it's for a more emotional scene, and so the emotions are carrying more of it than the color did, and that's very interesting to me. I didn't even pick up on that. I've seen, looked through this book how many times, and I only just noticed this now. But in that first panel, I mean, the anguish that you see on Fluffy's face there, that's... Another one of the reasons we we wanted to work with Walter. He can convey feelings so very well. It kind of blows my mind. And they're all coming to terms with the fact that Rex isn't there. Right. That was actually a thing we hoped would really surprise people because we, in our description of Rex, we asked Walter to make him look very Captain America-ish. He's, he, you know, he's kind of very muscular. He's got that square jaw and that blonde hair. And our hope was you would think that he was gonna be the main character of this and then because he looked like a hero right your typical white guy hero and Mm -hmm. he's the one who dies right he's dead he's gone this is the first issue and we also wanted to let you know that nobody's really safe in this book it's not like i mean think this is a real tough situation for these people and it's very dangerous and it not everybody's going to be safe yep and then toward the bottom marcella comes in to talk to them and this is her first time with them alone And then we go to page 14 and find out she's not that well received by them. (laughs) Who would have thought? But you notice the colors are popping back up again now that there's more action. And you see there in panel three, Marcella's hitting her alert thing where the the red is sort of starting to come in. Mm -hmm. And this is only the first little taste of action that you get in the book. And there's a lot more coming, especially in issues two, three, and four. And another thing that Walter's really great at is really dynamic action and panel layouts and... We were so excited about that. Wait till you see what he did with some of the fights and the upcoming issues. We were like, oh, he's so great at it. And there's only this tiny, tiny little bit of action in the first issue. But there's a ton in issues two, three, and four. So you're going to get to see Walter really cut loose. It was so cool. I mean, we got double page spreads from him coming that just they. But we should probably stick with the okay, pages okay, we'll go, that we're, okay. we're The pages on? in front of us. That right, would be right, good. Right. Okay. That would be good. All right. All right. Okay. So you can see, though, from this page that. They hate her. They're afraid of her. There's a lot of different emotions going on. And with good reason. And she sort of reacts the way she's been trained to, you know, sort of on instinct. And so she fights back initially, and that's not helping the situation. Right. And I think showing, you know, the impact of her actions at the very bottom, like the fear. And it's a moment where you're like, she's probably thinking, what am I doing to these people? Like... You know, like, oh, my God, like, yes, I I mean, sure, they were angry and sure they came at me, but am I the monster? (laughs) You know, you get that from that bottom panel. Right. She's starting to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And a really cool thing about panels four and five that was from the character design that Walter came up with for Marcella is the braids down the side of her head can convey so much uh, motion and movement because of the way they... 
the you know momentum from her movements carry them around and that's mm -hmm. another thing that um actually natasha alterici incorporated great into the covers it's a really cool way to show more movement than you mm -hmm. would normally get to in a still image like having yeah. a cape almost where you could show but she doesn't have a cape she's got braids right yeah so page 15 we have our second panel this book uh in the first the first panel on page 15 where we've got the all black background again like the the one on page one this is intentional and it it's a story point that leads to something down the line you mm -hmm. will find out what that's all about and this is also where you can really get a good look at at marcella's dagger which we wanted to look very ornate and expensive and maybe mm -hmm. like it hadn't been used very much but it was something very fancy almost you know that not something a normal soldier would have Right, and the different people you'll see have different daggers, and this is uh, a space dome, so we figured guns would probably not be the best right. choice. Right, any sort of projectile weapons, they wouldn't use them because they could pierce the dome and kill everybody, yeah, so, that. so there's no projectile weapons of any right. sort. So they've all got these handheld daggers, and there's sort of a standard issue that you'll see the rest of the different guards and soldiers around the town have, but she's the only one that's got this really swanky-looking one. Mm-hmm. And you can see in, at the bottom that Marcella is still resisting. She's already made her decision and she's tried to save Rex. And she's, uh, you know, when people have a lot of guilt, perhaps they don't always react in the most rational ways. And so she's dealing with a lot of intense feelings right now. And it's, you know, she's sort of still not, she's made her decision, but she's not sure that she's made her decision. You know what I mean? She's kind of like, this is wrong and I should try to stop this, but she's so, it's so ingrained in her that she's all, you know, don't say that in front of me. You're talking about changing the way the entire world works and that's not how the world teaches us to behave. Right. And I think her first reaction is to be defensive and be like, look, I tried to help him, but what, I mean, what else can I do? Honestly, like she starts to realize, well, maybe there is more I can do, but at that moment, it's just like, this is a lot for her to deal with. And then on top of it, she did try to do something good. So she's kind of feeling like, what the heck, you guys? Like, I'm good. Like, this is, I, I tried to do the right thing. What do you want? Like, Right. And if you think about it, society does sort of condition you to feel certain ways about certain things or certain people. And when you start to realize how insidious some of that can be, it can be really hard to come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. And what do you do to fix it, to make up for the wrongs you might have committed when you didn't even believe they were wrong at the time, but now you're starting to realize and you're like, oh God, what do I do? Yeah, you get, the first step is definitely being overwhelmed. On page 16, you find out, I think the most important, you know, bit of speech on this top panel perhaps is what Pepper's saying in the background. So you kind of see that Rex had a plan that he thought was going to be implemented today, which was uh, for them to escape. And then, as you see in panel two, we made this very difficult for them because the prison is on a comet. And where are they going to go? How do you escape from a comet? Mm -hmm. And in that bottom panel, you can also see Marcella's sort of alert button that she had hit is starting to be received all over the city. And the red that we had talked about that Brittany saved for the end is starting, starting to creep in here. And everything's looking much more ominous. Right. And it's clear they know what this means and that they feel like she's betrayed them, but... I mean, they have no reason to trust her anyway, so they're, they're, it makes them angrier at her right. in not, the moment. Right, it's not betrayed so much as, this is exactly what we thought you'd do, exactly. because it's like, why would you ever have of course you did this. believed us or been on our side? And and again, I'm just going to keep calling it out, the Fluffy's expression on the bottom that Walter did, she is 
totally, I mean, she didn't even have that line initially in that panel, but we loved her expression so much. We had to add in the little thing. And I love how, how small Simon yeah. made it. So she, she, it's really quiet. And she's just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was a really nice touch as well. So now the red has popped up all over the place. On page 17. Right, because this is like, they know backup is coming. They don't know how fast it's going to be there exactly. So it's kind of ratcheted up the tension. And then this is where you see Marcella's rank insignia come back into play with something that Rex said earlier. And now when you have augurs who get visions of the future or can remember things from the future and... Pepper obviously believes very deeply that what Rex said is was referring to Marcella, that Rex saw a vision of Marcella helping the rest of them. And that was why he was okay with giving his life to set these events into motion, because he knew that would be what pushed Marcella to change a fundamental part of herself and right. help the rest of them. But then you see Angel immediately shoot it down. Of course. And be like, are you serious? Come on now. Well, and that also shows you that even the augurs themselves aren't sure that every vision that they have or see is 100% real, or that they're interpreting it correctly, or what have you. Right. I really love the bottom two panels on this page. The one on the left, putting it outside the window, looking in with the reflection of the alert symbol mirrored because it's Mm -hmm. outside the glass. That was all Walter's doing, and I thought that was a really cool way to look in on them during this scene from outside the city. And then, again, the expression and the coloring in the bottom right panel, that's another one of my favorites because it's just that bright line of red on Marcella's nose from the Mm -hmm. light sort of reflecting off her skin and the the glint on the the dagger and everything. It's just, it's so pretty. I could look (laughs) at it forever. And here we have the backup. Page 18. This is our first appearance of Chief Warrant Officer Farrell. You will be seeing a lot more of him in issues two, three, and four. He shows up with the backup that's called, and you can see Marcella is not very thrilled to see him. And yet, from the bottom right panel where she, you know, hits Spike there to sort of teach her a lesson, we were hoping you weren't necessarily sure yet if Marcella was 100% on their side, because Marcella's not sure yet if she's 100% on their side. Mm -hmm. I think by this point, she knows she's going to try to help them, and she's trying to fool Farrell into letting them through, but I bet part of her is also like, this is what I would normally do, this is how you should treat them, and so from my perspective, I think she's still wrestling with it a bit as they sort of try to escape this hallway. And the expression on Spike's face... In the lower left panel with the, the sort of uh, the way Brittany shaded it with the coloring, too. It's, um, man, I just love looking at this book. That's not really adding anything to your experience, I guess, <laughs> telling you how much I love it. But it looks really great, and we're, we're so thrilled that we got to work with these people. Page 19, now you can see Marcella sort of with her own rank fresh in her mind, just using it to sort of shut Farrell down. Because he says he's going to inform the director about this, and she doesn't want that to happen. So yeah, she's trying to kind of bully him with her rank a little bit. Which I think is showing you that she's kind of figured out what she wants to do. Because if she were truly going to maintain the status quo, she would be fine with them contacting Director Jackson because this would be a serious issue now and they would have to deal with it. And so the fact that she doesn't want them to, even though she then hits Fluffy again, you can tell, hopefully, that it's mostly for show and she's just trying to get them out and away from the rest of the guards. But Farrell kind of doesn't believe it. He's very much a company man. He is, through and through, 100%. Yeah. Much like Marcella was until she had her moment of realization. He's fully behind the entire Mm -hmm. auger internment program, and he believes in it through to his core. Yeah, and he believes in any means necessary. 
And that brings us to page 20, the full page splash. We actually ended all four issues with a full page, page splash. We uh, are a little weird, but I like the impact of ending it that way. It gives you a really wow moment, I think, to end on, especially when you've got this art team. And yes, they're in a city on a comet and it is raining, but there's an explanation for that that pops up later. That was actually one of the hard things. We kept trying to find the right spot to put in where to explain yeah. why there's rain in this domed city on a comet. It does finally pop up in one of the subsequent issues, so that will be explained. But I really love the angle here that Walter chose. It's very dynamic and it feels like if it were straight on, it would feel too calm. And this makes it feel much more tense and like this is crap's about to go down. Yeah, been with the alerts everywhere. They haven't been terribly stealthy. So you're like, oh boy. <laughs> That's putting it mildly, yes. But yeah, the intensity of the red and the angle and the expressions and everything. I really love this image. It's almost like a poster. It's, yeah. it's really great. And if you're wondering when you're trapped in a domed city on a comet, where do you go and how do you escape? And when there's a like an army of people trying to keep you imprisoned, then hopefully you will check out the future issues to find out. That's right. There's quite an emotional arc and journey for Marcella and the Augers, and you will learn a lot more about them and this world they live in. And there's a ton of action and the coloring and the the art is all so great. You're going to really love it. It's um, it's even better than this issue, I think. This is just the kickoff and issues two through four are going to be a, a really great ride, I think. It, and I hope you come along with us. So enjoy and thanks for listening. And thank you very much to Ben Blacker for having us on the Comic Book Commentary Podcast. We appreciate it very much, and we hope this gave you some kind of insight and we weren't just babbling all the way through. Eh, a little babbling. A little babbling. All That's right. us for you. If you're interested, you can look us up on Twitter. I'm at Jeffrey Bridges. And I'm at Susan L. Bridges. Drop by and say hello. Let us know what you thought of the book. And thank you very much for listening and for reading. Thank you. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Beep, <coughs> beep,